0: what's going on everybody before we get to the podcast i just want to let you know if you're looking for a great film to watch this weekend you can check out my award-winning feature film sincerely brenda it's available on amazon prime and tubi tv for free so go ahead and check it out you won't be disappointed all right now let's get to the podcast welcome to life behind the lens the podcast where we talk to artists about the things that push them motivate them and inspire them to create What's going on everybody? Welcome to another episode of Life Beyond the Lens. I'm your host Ken Nelson and my today my guest is Shantae DeLon. Before we, before we get into the conversation, I just want to quickly read her bio. For those of you who may know or may not know who she is, Shantae is a three-time four-year Emmy consideration actress. Um, she's steadily making her own path from Detroit to Hollywood. Shantae completed two seasons of Comedy Central's Detroiters playing the recurring role of Chrissy DuVay Kramlin. She also plays the role of Melissa on Netflix's I Think You Should Leave. And recently, she's uh, landed a recurring role on season two of Freeform's award-winning show, Good Trouble, as Lisa Hill. Even with these accomplishments on her resume, Shantae pushes even harder on her advocacy. Be it focused on sexual abuse awareness or Black Lives Matter, she pushes for justice on the front lines. You can check out Shantae's screenwriting projects, web series, Booked, on YouTube. And I am my sister's keeper on Amazon Prime Tubi, Apple TV and Google Play what is going on shantae? Hello there
1: that was a, that was good.
0: Hi how are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm good I'm good I'm glad to have you on the show I'm glad Thank to have you. you on yeah we're gonna we're gonna get into all these I let me t- I watched booked and we're gonna talk about that because I mean the end it had me I was I was feeling all kind of things in, in the book how, yeah so we're gonna talk about that. Um and so just this, this start from the beginning. Um, you're from Detroit originally.
1: Yes. And um I, I love my hometown yes, Detroit. Yes. Detroit.
0: You went to DSA. I you know, I had a lot of friends at DSA. I went to Cass ah, at the time. And I had I a lot of friends. Me. Uh see? I mean every look, <laughs> every time I say I went to Cass. I'm like I, either what I'm gonna get it? A, a.
1: that could, that should kind of tell you if everybody is saying the same. No, I lo- I know a lot of awesome people from CAS. I do. Um, we mess with each other, but yes, I, I did go to DSA um, my first year of high school, but then I transferred to Finney, and that's where I graduated from.
0: So, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you went to DSA and I talk think- about talk about what year were you at DSA?
1: I was at DSA 2000 and, dang, what was it? Because if I graduated in 03, um, 99? It had to be like 99 I, I started at DSA. Um, my major was drama acting and my minor was dance. Um, wow, that was 99. Yeah, because I think I remember when we were leaving junior high, we was um, my oldest sister was graduating high school in 1999, so I felt like I'm I'm gr- I'm a graduate too in you're 1999. 90,
0: so okay, so yeah. but you graduated in
1: 03. 03. In okay. Yeah.
0: So you're okay because I was a I was a night I graduated 98. Okay. Um, from cool. Yep. Yeah. So and you know, I knew a lot of people. I did. I was a mosaic. You familiar with mosaic?
1: i I tried to get a mosaic, but I tried to get in it in too late.
0: Ah, uh, see, yeah. I was in there, I was, because all I did was theater, like, you know, I don't do any acting now, but I, that's, mm-hmm. I grew up in theater, and that's all I, so when I went to cast, I was majoring in theater, and then I was, that's how I was connected with DSA, because we, we I knew a lot of Mosaic folks from DSA. Oh my
1: goodness. and you, so, I, see, I'm about to turn this interview on you, because <laughs> <laughs> you, you, I mean, you direct and produce now, so do you ever have the itch to get back in front of the camera?
0: No, I see. I never wanted to. That was like, quick. Yeah, no, I don't like. I I did a lot of so, I love the stage,
2: mm-hmm. and
0: uh, the screen is just something different. Like I remember when I was um, <clears throat> excuse me. I remember doing an acting workshop in Detroit, that like Royal Oak, Detroit. I mean Royal Oak, Michigan, and. um, my first time doing screen acting and, and the director would always say, Oh, you have to like bring all that down. Like the camera sees everything. You don't need to like, you're not on stage. And so I just always found that hard to, to just do that to pull all of it back. And um, then I just realized, I don't really I think when I came to college, I did a lot of stage acting um, and community theater and stuff. And then I just kind of was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I love working with actors. <laughs> I just, I love the, I think that's why. I just I I see talent and uh I just wanna like pull it out, you know.
1: It feels so good as an actor when your director ha- has some experience in acting because they they like have this sense and know exactly you know how to bring out certain things. So that is a definite plus. And I dealt with that as well of um, when I was doing Detroiters, I was also doing, doing theater mm-hmm. and it was on set. I was told to, um, bring it. I will have to bring it down. But as soon as I get to rehearsal in theater they're like, try I say what happened? I need you bigger. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And that actually taught me how to balance both. And wow. cause it is different. Mm-hmm. It, it totally, it totally is different because you start. Being you know huge in front of the camera it it doesn't um it look like you're just over at right
0: right, yeah, now so you so at dsa you you majored in in a theater
1: yes mm-hmm. and
0: so talk about when you graduated you went to um finney, finney and did you stay in theater you stuck with theater
1: I did um I started because <laughs> my thing I, what I, what I kind of do is if if where I'm at don't have what I want, then I want to just try to create it. So when I got to Finney, I was happy because, well, me and my twin sister, we wanted to leave DSA mainly because it was on the west side. We lived on the east. Mm-hmm. We didn't have a car. My parents didn't have a car, so we had to catch the bus. But it was literally like a two-hour situation to get there. So we had to be up at 5 to be there on time at 7, 50 something, we didn't get home until like 7 p.m. So we was like, we tired of this, this is not the life. So we went to Finney and when I got there, I was happy of the transition of timing and stuff, but they did not have acting class. They didn't have a drama, they didn't have any of that. So I did like a little small petition um, around the school to develop a drama club and which I did. And um, it was, I did like this fundraiser to try and get money for us to be able to put on something. We did one event, um, but afterwards they had to dismantle it because they was like, we don't have like the time and money for this. But um, I started looking for stuff outside of school Mm -hmm. to do because I'm like, I have to act like Mm -hmm. that's, that's something that I always love doing. So I'm like, I have to do something. So whether it was getting into a pageant um, or um, like looking at different talent shows that was around the area. I just had to.
0: So I want to ask you about it because you said you, you started a petition. Now the advocacy started early. Like, you know, so talk about <laughs> that. Like we're going to talk about that, you know, more in detail, but I want to know where did it come from? Where did that, did you always have that in you?
1: my awesome amazing beautiful father elijah he was um he was born in 1927 mm-hmm. so when me and my twin sister we were the last when we came around my dad was in his late 60s when we were kids so i was hearing about um stuff that they were trying to teach us in 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 school i was hearing it firsthand from my dad who lived it like um i would never forget him telling me about him him and a few other people having to cut down their friend from a tree from being lynched oh man and i mean it you hear this stuff in school and you even see it in film but the i the look on my dad's face of going back to that moment of having to sneak out at night to at least give his best friend a proper burial that that was just sitting down listening to him is what really was sparked me. And I I always loved history. Mm My mom, it was, it's so, it's so awesome to have that different contrast of they, they lived through certain the same time periods, but they had different of opinions of stuff. Mm
2: -hmm. Like
1: my mom, let me know about um, the blacks that wasn't on Martin Luther King's side who just was like, stop, you're making it worse for us. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and mama, I couldn't believe it, because at the time you think it's only white people mm-hmm. that's trying to stop this, but the Blacks uh, also was so scared, because they like, listen, you people are dying. You, you, The stuff that you're doing is getting people killed, Would you understand that mentality, because when it's your child as well, mm-hmm. that you're in fear for, you just want stuff to stop. But it's certain things, in people like I, like John Lewis to to see his um, autobiography um, Good Trouble, and to hear and see his mom say how scared she was for him, it's kind of goes back to my mom as well when I would do things like that, and she's like Chate, just just chill, just just wow. stop. Like I, when I knew she was doing it out of love, my dad would be to the side like, go get them girl, <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> like go get it, and both of them showed that love in different ways, but I just always loved my history. I loved being black. I loved my kinky hair. I love, uh, uh, it, it was a time, I'm not gonna lie. It was a time when I was a kid where I wanted to, I, I like, I saw what white girls was getting mm-hmm. and I wanted what they got. Mm-hmm. Like I saw when I would go out for auditions, mostly all the roles would be white. For mm-hmm. Caucasian, but um, for Blacks, it would be um, uh, other or um, uh, any race. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, it would have that any race in parentheses. And so any race, you see Black, Asian, Latino, um, Indian, all every, we're all bunched up in this any race. But all the leads and supportees mm-hmm. are white. So I did have a moment where I was like, "Dang, I, I want to be white," and that was the that was the point of. I think I was about eleven because I wasn't getting like um, called in for any modeling or um, acting stuff. And after, for like a, that was like a snippet. I say for like almost a year that happened. Oh
0: man! So you knew from a young age you wanted to be in the arts because you were yeah. like, "Wow." So when did you have, well, first I want to, before I ask that, like, I want to, you said your mom Mm -hmm. was fearful a lot about, and your dad was, so how was that dynamic? Did you see the dynamics between the two of them? Like when it came to advocacy, Uh, how was that dynamic?
1: Yeah, you did. Um, Both of them, because it's funny, because my mom was a firecracker too, but (laughs) that's the funny thing about it, but her thing was. If if it was presented, if if it was a situation that came to like just automatically, just, just randomly came, then yeah, we need to deal with it. But to go and seek it, she's like, no, oh, don't. Okay. So with my dad, he was both of them was peacemakers, but my dad was more of by any means necessary, and okay. <laughs> my mom was protect my children and I'm mm-hmm. going to protect you so when it became when it came to that um with both of them it was it was a little conflict but they always found a way to um I guess I guess more so meet in the middle of um when it came to my brothers it was my mom gave my dad that more so respect of okay handle they they will listen to you more as a man. And I don't know how to present it as a man would need to see it. Mm-hmm. So you can, you can do that. But of course she was more protective of her girl. But right. I was the one that was like, dad, I, I mean, I want to be a boxer like you. My dad was a middleweight boxer, but he always would say, no, I don't. You, cause he knew the challenges of being um, a boxer. He, mm-hmm. cause he still dealt with,
0: um it was uh, never about you being a woman like it was never about your gender it was just the challenges
1: it was just the challenge itself it wasn't about because even baseball and all that others because i was more so into the things that i guess would be considered the the guy thing because um i did a see i did like a small little petition as well to me to be able to be on the baseball team And not the softball. I eventually was on the softball, but I was like, "Why can't I be?" Because I grew up playing baseball, Mm -hmm. and I didn't know how to. I didn't. I didn't want to play softball. I was like, "No, I know how to play baseball." But they was like, "No, you can't. You need to get on the softball team." So I went to the principal. Was like, "This is not okay. This is whatever." But um, my dad, he was the one to also explain. Like, Shantae, there is a strength difference there they will hit that ball harder than you and if it hit you so it's certain things that he would both of them would try and as much because it's no manual of being a parent Mm -hmm. and um that's why i try not to be so um uh judgmental of when parents make the certain decisions especially now i ain't gonna lie i am judging parents at this moment about this whole pandemic thing and Sending your kids
0: to school. I am. Yeah, that's,
1: that's why I need to tough y'all. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, drag me right now.
0: <laughs> I'm glad oh our gosh. son is two now, cause he's two, oh. so we don't have to worry about that. Uh-huh. But it is hard being a parent. Like there's things that that um, that those kids pull out of you from the depths of inside of you, and stuff that's that's just you know that's there, and and they push all the buttons, and you know it challenges you. Um, as a parent and as a spouse, like in a, in a marriage and it, I mean daily it's a challenge not in a pandemic now where you you know you're in the house and but yeah. you you said um, listening to you, it's like you when you talk about you wanted to be at one point you wanted to be white because of just the roles that they were getting. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I know I know that shifted. Now first there's two questions. So the first thing is listening to you, I see that you didn't see like barriers or limits. Like I, I see that you wanted to play baseball, you went the box, like with the with the boys. Like mm-hmm. so you didn't see barriers or limits. And so and you still have that. I, I, I know you still have it now. Um <laughs> but like when you had the thought of, okay, I want to be white, like how did that change for you? How did that shift and when did that shift?
1: Um both my parents. And that's why I totally give them a lot of amazing credit because it was one thing my mom took me to. Um, I know I had to be about 12, 12 or almost 13. And she took me to, and it was a modeling thing. And it was all white girls. And I was the only black girl there. And I was the only one not called in the back. And my mom was sitting next to me. And I was so angry. And so when we got in the car, I was just venting. And my mom was letting me vent. She was letting me vent. She didn't say anything. She actually was like, do you want me to stop to get you something to eat? She didn't say anything. But when I got to the house, my dad was in the living room. And I like slouched on the couch. And he was like, how did it go? And I was like, they didn't choose me because I was black. And if I was just white. If I was white, then I know I would have gotten back there. And both of them gave me this talk of how how I should never um, think less of myself because of what someone else has or get. And even at that moment, that's when my mom was like, I know I can be hard on you of the things that you do and stuff like that, but I love, I." use that she was just kept saying use that use that to not um to not want what they have but still get it while you're still yourself and my dad he was so anti that of you don't ever want to um uh not be not love yourself as a black woman because of what you see these this other white girl get like don't ever. You're still beautiful. You're still, and it's their loss. So they came together collectively that night, and that changed a, some thoughts, a lot of thoughts in my head. Because prior to that, that's how I was. I was like, I love being black. I love my hair. I don't want it to be pressed all the time. Yeah, we went through a phase where we did put relaxers in. Well, my mom put relaxers and stuff in it, but it was a when she saw I was breaking out our hair, she said, No, I'm not doing that no more. Um, but so to see me go from, I love myself, to seeing me go to, dang, I wish I was white because it was really, and, it, and all, honestly, it wasn't even that I wanted to be white. I wanted the career.
0: Right, right.
1: Like I wanted the roles and I saw the roles was going there. They could have been orange. They could have been purple. I would have been screaming, I want to be purple if I saw purple getting all of that but it was the moment where it was like no whether i get it or not i'm still going to love myself as a black woman and well at that time it's just a black girl and from there i have never <laughs> um i mean i think all of everyone is beautiful and they all right but i just love my culture i love my race i love our history the good and not so good um Because it strengthens us and um, it's just knowing, knowing and loving who you are is a, is the, I feel like is the very, um, is a very spiritual thing because you can't love someone else unless you love yourself Mm -hmm. and you project without even knowing it what's on the inside of you. Like, um, the first thing is, well, how can you, um, if you don't even have a sense of I love God or have a sense of relationship and stuff in that area, you're going to project whatever is on the inside. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if someone hates themselves, I feel like it's impossible for them to know how to give you proper love.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Oh, I, it's no conceitedness or nothing. It's just, I love being a black woman. Mm-hmm.
0: You you went there and I was, that was my next question. I was gonna ask you how much um did God have a role in your household growing up?
1: Oh uh, this is interesting because my in the beginning in the beginning my dad we my dad was Muslim and my mom was Christian. Mm. So it was a confusing environment as a kid and I, I, I told my parents this when they were alive and we it was it was a good conversation and it was a settled conversation even when they were alive so I'm now comfortable of talking about it but it was a confusing thing because I felt like if I prayed to Allah I was not my mom would be upset if I prayed to Jesus my dad would be upset if I celebrated Christmas my dad would not want to talk to me if i wanted to know more about the quran then my mom would just go off so it was a battle and so growing up i was like i want to know who god is for myself and so i went on my own um this was about 15 16 because during that time 15 and 16 i just i went on more of a out of control type teen situation but it was really depression Mm -hmm. i was dealing with a lot of depression and um i was acting and stuff wasn't even um in my i would say life at the moment to 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 have a place to 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 place it like another place um you know if people are dealing with stuff i know mike tyson he said boxing really kept him out of a lot of stuff because he was mm-hmm. dealing with a lot of stuff. The um, acting was my gym. And even at that moment, I, my family knew was, was something was up because I didn't want to act, I didn't want to dance, I didn't want to do anything in the arts. So I just went through this whole depression thing at um, around 15, 16. And it was one time, it was the night after my 16th birthday, my sweet 16th. I took about five or six pills and drunk it, drunk like drunk some liquor and stuff with it, laid on my floor, and I said, "God, I, I don't want, because at the time I knew it was I, I knew it, I felt Jesus was Lord." that's that's just and I'm saying this was my experience I felt Jesus was Lord even though I how much I loved my father and was um had a great relationship with him at the time I knew and felt Jesus was my was God so as hurtful and just angry and not happy at the time that I was I said I laid on the floor and I said Jesus if you got then i guess i'll wake up tomorrow but i really don't want to but if you look if you are then i guess i will and i woke up mm-hmm. and i i know i don't because even later on i was like okay i won't test god um i yeah, won't yeah, you, yeah. Know how, you know like uh, when the you devil yeah. Jesus. Jump off this cliff and Jesus. Right. so. It wasn't me, but I thank God. That's what I. That's what I love, yeah. That even though God knew that I didn't know what I was like, how I was saying and what I was doing, so He even gave me grace at that moment. Mm-hmm. Like He knew I wasn't intentionally testing Him. Mm-hmm. Like, oh well, then do this. It wasn't like that. It was more of a. I want you to be real, and I want help. I do, I really want help, but I'm also hurting at the same time. So it was after that, I started going to church while I started going to my acting classes. And my sister Kawana had a lot to do with that too, because she was in church. And what she did is, though I wasn't so into wanting to, to bible studies and stuff she volunteered to take me to my acting classes and when she took me to my acting classes she would just play gospel music
2: mm.
1: like that's all she did she didn't force a scripture down my throat she didn't met she didn't she just played gospel music and one time she i got in the car and she it, she wasn't playing it. and i was like can you play that song you was playing last time? And I saw a smile come on her face like, mm-hmm, I sure can. And it, it's amazing the little things that you can do to show people. And her life was changing. Like her testimony to me was more of, of what I saw. Not what she was saying, mm-hmm. but what I literally saw changing in her life. I saw people she should have cursed out. Mm-hmm. And she just said, you know what, God bless you. And I was like,
0: wow. what?
1: <laughs> like, wow. like, I know Jesus is real if you just didn't curse that person out. And was, <laughs> what? Like, I'm not even kidding you. But it was her lifestyle that I saw change. I was like, oh, wow. So if, that, maybe this is some real stuff. Like, this is. And I was interested in it. So God, lit- Jesus, it has literally been the compass of what i choose to do what i choose not to do the the route i choose choose to take because honestly i could have i i could have been on some big stuff Mm -hmm. but um it was one time i was just straight told i can't um because the character was not a Christian and it was like, a she was a divine type thing. Um, and this was for a, a huge corporation. I'm trying to say it without saying it. A huge corporation that um, you also can have action figures of this person. Mm. And it was a dream come true. And the um, they told me that I could not, While I was playing the role, I could not say anything about Jesus or I could not, um, like say I'm a Christian or anything because people don't separate that, the audience don't separate you from this superhero, Mm -hmm. and I was like oh my gosh, like, are you kidding me? Like, I did not understand it. And I heard that one of the actors that they tried to do that with, but he was huge already. They tried to do that with, he was like, F you. I'ma say Jesus if I wanna say Jesus, but he was a huge actor. Right. So they, right. Didn't, they didn't cut him, but, and, I, and even at that moment I said, you didn't tell, cause me and the other actors were talking to each other. Mm-hmm. So I knew another actor was Muslim. They didn't tell him he could not say anything about the Quran or Allah or anything. They only told me I couldn't say anything about Jesus. So I let that go. And it was not some people was not happy. They was like, you are, wow. how can you look at yourself as an actor? How can you take this seriously if you can't make the tough decisions? And I was like, anything that I that while I gained the world but lose my soul. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I can't.
1: Yep. I can't. If I can't take Jesus with me, why would I want to be yeah. there? And it's, that's just, yeah. I can't.
0: Yeah. No, I this can't. is good. This is good. Cause I've, I've been, um, lately reading a lot about, uh, world, worldly success uh-huh. and well, there's no such thing as success in the kingdom. Right. I've, I've been talking with a friend, he said it's only obedience. And so, um, but the world is success because I'm like, okay, like, Lord, how how do some of these people, they got fame and money and, and all these things and they don't believe in you.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And
0: so, so I'm like, Lord, when people, when you see that, like, I guess, what am I trying to say? I'm saying like, what is the difference? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and what are you gaining? Like, so you say, I'm going to give all that up. Mm-hmm. And, and I was reading something that said, there's an emptiness that goes with all of that. Yeah. Like, and so I think the the pursuit of more, I truly believe it's the pursuit of trying to fill this void that you can only yeah. fill you know, with, with God, yes. the relationship with God. And so, yes. you know, with that it, and, and you're gonna continue to be in pursuit of more. And um, you can have you could just be regular, whatever, or you may not have much. But you have joy, mm-hmm. and it said God can change you on the inside. Amen. You know, and He oh, can change your true. surroundings, and other people that just have the stuff they can change their surroundings, but they mm-hmm. can't change their inside. They Thank can't do that with God. And so here, used to hear you say that, and if hear you say to people say, "Why would you do that?" Blah blah. blah. It's because they don't understand. It's just it's so much of this right now in this world, especially with social media and just the 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 um the entrepreneurship culture and the, yeah. you know, want to be billionaire, millionaire culture, yeah. and it's so much of that, and people that, if you're not mature, and if you don't know God, like, even if you know God, like, it's still not being mature in in the, the spirit and knowing, like, that's not, like you said, that's not worth it. It's not worth it in the end.
1: It's not, because you're going to, like you said, you're going to continue to keep trying to fill that void. That's why they see so many celebrities sad that's why they see so mm-hmm. many celebrities like hating themselves and committing suicide and on drugs mm-hmm. and trying to fill it with liquor with alcohol with um with just so much stuff because it is that whole then people want to say well they got all the money in the world they got all the fame in the world but it's nothing like having that or having having that joy mm-hmm. and it's it, it was i mean i cried like i, I don't want to i want folks to understand that it's still it's, it's still flesh on these bones right. so again, right. while saying no thank you i can't do this i still went in a corner and i cried and i was like god like what 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 why 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 we even bring this to in my why didn't you give me the audition? Like, why? Like, it was a lot of stuff. But, you know, what's? <laughs> and I do say this is amazing. I will use the word amazing. What's amazing about it is they shot the pilot and it still didn't get picked up. Mm. That project still didn't get picked. So I was like, okay, <laughs> okay. Like, it's just, you can't, you, I, it's, we can't want this. Dream and want this. Um, uh, I would say to say that like we can't want this dream and get it by by doing just anything, and that's the unfortunate part that I'm starting to see, especially during this pandemic. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, is people just want to work. They want they want to work. And my question when I look and see it, I'm like, y'all don't have a mask. P- I see people just like um like the food is sitting out it's no covering like and i know folks that's been on a set that got it and the the the, mm. the thing is right now my godmother passed away from the coronavirus is some people in this industry that died brenda perryman from the coronavirus this virus is real so it's it feels like the same thing of Well, I want this now, so I'm going to get it now. And right now, LA is shut down. They have, I'm I'm talking about for months, they went through this guidelines thing of how do we get back on set? So my thing is, if the people that have, they just approved this like 53 million deal with SAG and stuff. Mm -hmm. So if these people that are millionaires are still, Trying to find a way to make sure that everyone get on set safe. I get my my question is is are we sitting back as independent filmmakers? Are we making sure that the people on set um, are safe, are will be healthy? And I've, it's been both. I see somewhere it's not a lot of people and they have on masks and stuff. I'm like that shows some respect for For folks, but there's other people that's like, "Look, I just need to get this film done.
2: right. I need to get this right.
1: Film. And that's to me the same thing of, well, I just want this role. I just want this role, and I just can't uh, it's uh, yeah. it's it's weird because it's a it's a path that some people, you would either. It's either a path you will learn from and then change on that path or the unfortunate part is people get on this path and if they get on that path without knowing what their morals are, without Mm -hmm. having any boundaries or standards, then the people around them are going to tell them what their morals are or not. They're Mm -hmm. going to tell them what their standards are or not. And that's when you become something that you didn't even know that you could be. I have seen it. And it's, it's a sad thing. It's, it, oh. I
0: would say this, you have, in hearing your background, like how you were raised, what you, you know, the stories you heard, uh, what your parents instilled in you, you had a good foundation to launch into where you're going. You know, there's a, there's a lot of people that are just probably just so broken Mm. and, and from an early age, you know, and then they come into this industry, which is a, I mean, it's a wonderful, you know, when you want to become an actor or a filmmaker or, or a director, whatever, it's just wonderful. It's like dreams are made there. And like you, you know, I grew up wanting to, to do this, but you know, it's also a terrible place. Like yeah. if you can't, if you're not, if you don't know how to, like you said, walk through this. And, and like you say, if you don't have uh, faith um, because there's a faith that goes with it. Yes. You know? um, because if you have the character and the morals, and you're like, I'm not going to settle for that. You have to have faith and know that, okay, Lord, like, I know there's something for me. When it's for me, it's for me, and it's going to align yes. with your will, and it's going to be, it, it's going to be amazing. But you you have to have faith. A lot of people just don't. Like you said, they just in to whatever and then they're broken broken and then you want validation and you want to feel they
1: want that oh you just hit it they want validation they want they and 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 i'm not like downing or making fun of the fact that this is a career based on someone giving you a yes Mm -hmm. like it takes a lot like we hear no all the time so it takes some thick skin some confidence to to walk in and i know i mean it's some folks that won't audition like will not go into an audition so i under it's it takes some courage to to go in knowing that someone is judging you Mm -hmm. because that's really what it is so i totally get that fact but you can't want the applause so much that you would do anything just to get it like these um uh, I don't know if you see them, it's like short videos people do that are crazy, but they know it's gonna give, get likes. They know it's gonna get comments. I mean, to the point where they disre- like making fun of their children and embarrassing yeah. their children yeah. just yeah. to get, just to go viral. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, there's no morals really no more. And you can't, you can't want the validation more than anything like i would i okay so i'm gonna say this on this point because i thought about it when you was talking about it so i'm going to say it Mm -hmm. i got um cast in um and this is after i moved to la this very last time and this is after detroiters and i got an agent a manager and everything but i also have a agency in michigan still because my agency here was like yeah you can keep the michigan woman it's totally fine but the agent in Michigan, they—I was told that they wanted me to. Well, I got cast in this project for Chicago Fire. Um, great, but Chicago Fire wanted me to come in as a one a local hire, and two at um a a a, a five liner it was like a one-liner or five-liner and in acting world that means you're literally there for probably one scene so if you come in as a local hire that means I have to pay for my own flight to Chicago I have to also pay for my own hotel and stuff to Chicago and then with the five-liner that means um, I'm probably there yeah yeah for just a day or so but the thing is my manager, and this is something my manager had, like taught me, and I love that she taught me this. The pay that they wanted to give me and the fact that it was just a five-liner would have made my status as a recurring actress on Detroiters and my pay on Detroiters decrease mm-hmm. immediately. Because it's like the first thing when you're agent, if you book something, um, like when I did Good Trouble, Mm-hmm. They ask, what was the last pay? I, I think they do that for any regular job. They ask you, what were you paid at your last job? Mm-hmm. They do that in acting. What was you paid at your last job? So if my pay was at a certain number for Detroiters, and I then say yes to Chicago Fire, and my pay is way lower, now, now I, my manager got to tell these people, well, now she's at, $500 and some, But when I was doing Detroiters, I was in thousands. So she was like, this isn't good, Shantae. You have, it's, it's, it's wise to say no. Wow. I can't tell you what to say, mm-hmm. but I'm, as your manager, I'm giving you the wisdom on what, how this business works. I'm like, oh my gosh. I one didn't know that. Wow. I didn't know. That. So I had to tell the agent in Michigan, no, no, thank you. I thank you, but I can't do this. But all they heard was no. Mm-hmm. And people are so scared to tell their agent, their representation, no, no, thank you. I can't do this at this time. This is not something that I am interested in right now. Um, uh, it's, I know a lot of people get a lot of extra stuff and stuff. And, and that is that is needed in this career you need a a foundation of being an extra and that's just real because as you an extra you learn a lot of stuff you Mm -hmm. learn the lingo on set you learn your placements you learn like you make connections like crazy as an extra but when you start to do lead and supporting and stuff you need to have as much confidence to know when you have graduated from being an extra to this and if someone would like to come and actually to be an extra it has to it has to matter
0: that's interesting how let let me i'm gonna interrupt you real quick because i uh never thought of i never looked at it as literally like if you look at it if you go into an entry-level position like you have to work your way up the ladder you know Mm -hmm. acting i I personally always thought that you audition for a role if it's a lead it's a lead if you get it supporting supporting or -hmm. if you know if you're like well let me get this extra role, you get that, you know, but the way you just laid it out, like, it's looking at it, wow, like an entry-level position. You said once I can you graduate always, extra. I'm
1: you, I can always tell when an actor has never been an extra.
2: Wow. I'm
1: here if they are in a lead, a supporting, I can always tell when someone has never been an extra. One, by the um the lack of humility <laughs> that they have. Mm-hmm. Because when you're an extra, you have to be humble because it's not about you. That's the thing. When you're an extra, mm-hmm. it's not about you. You are there to fill the space for what the lead and the support of what they're doing. It's not about you. Um, but you learn so much. And it is it, where you can honestly even mess up without getting fired because... And, not, and I'm not saying, because no, if they tell you to walk on three <laughs> and you walk in on one, they're going to change your position. But the thing is, they're going to change your position, but they're not going to tell you to leave. Mm-hmm. You're still going to be able to watch people do it right. Um, Some extra parts, you can get some good FaceTime in and put that out and people see that you are connected to something. I mean, I'm telling you, I, you would have thought I was the leading stuff when I was an extra in certain stuff, and I would blast it on all my social media, watch this show! I'm gonna be on it, and all of a sudden you see the back of my head, and I'm just like, "Yes, Jesus, <laughs> yes!" Man, but yes. you, it it definitely comes with a humility. But mm-hmm. you learn stuff. I, I've seen people in leading roles, kind of leading roles, and the the um. The director would say, back to one, and they would say, what does that mean? What do I, what does wow. that mean? I'm like, oh, oh wow. snap. So now it's, I remember Bishop T.J. said something so incredible. He said, "You just because you have it does not mean you can give it. He said, if you give something to somebody that they not prepared for, you can destroy them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You give something mm-hmm. to somebody, give something to someone too early, it can kill them. Yep. You, yeah. You think you think you're doing the best just because you got that money, you got it, you got it to give, not knowing if you give them that money, they're going to just get in so much trouble and because they don't have the character for it, they don't have the humility for it, they don't have the patience for it. So sometimes we want something that we just not prepare for. Mm -hmm. We want that role. We want it, but it's, we're not, it's not, we're not ready because we don't know what's on that other side. It can be times where you get that role and now you're in it and you're happy. But now, um, uh, yo, the producer of it is saying, come to my hotel at six o'clock at night.
0: so if you ain't got the character and you're like oh
1: my goodness if i don't go to his hotel i'm gonna lose this role if i don't go to his hotel i'm going i was i was kicked off a project like two years ago i found out i was kicked off of it when i saw the pictures and i saw the video of them doing it but i had to put two and two together the last time me and the director writer spoke is he invited me to his place and I said no, thank you. And all of a sudden, I'm replaced with nothing. With not a, I mean, didn't say nothing. And we got mutual friends. All we got mutual friends in this industry. Wow. And I, so, and me trying at this moment, I'm like, okay, I hope nobody asks me about that project because they knew I was a part of it, and then I wasn't. So now, of course, the question is, what well, how i just say when one person asked me i just said you know what i don't know i don't know because in all honesty i don't i don't mm-hmm. know no but i have a sense of he he asked me to come over and it, it was presented as we just gonna chop it up chop it up not as not at six o'clock seven o'clock at night i'm not mm-hmm. headed to mm-hmm. your apartment mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> We can we can chop it up at ten a.m. Right.
0: Right.
1: Yep. At, at, at a bistro, um, we can like go to a diner. I'm totally fine with that. I'm, but that's the thing of, I don't. Th- as much as I love this, I I when I say I love this career, I love it. And even during this pandemic, it has shown me more stuff that I I love outside of it. Like mm-hmm. I love activism. I freaking, like, I have, what got me out this house, because when Corona hit, I just was not, I did not leave. The only place I left to go to was the grocery store. Mm -hmm. But the one thing that got me out this house was George Floyd. Mm. And then I heard about Breonna Taylor. And I just, I I, I was at every protest. I was literally, and I, I did wear my mask. I did like make sure I was away from people and stuff like that, but I could not just sit back and I and it just fueled me. And at this time, I was some audition stuff was coming in and I was like, not right now. I'm not interested right now. And I love the fact that my agency was my agency and my manager. They were real, they they called and it's uh now I'm getting emotional thinking about it, but my awesome manager, Karen who is white, she contacted me just to see how I'm doing. And she was like, she was even apologizing. Like, I don't, I don't, I do not understand this racism and and, and just straight killing. Mm-hmm. Like they are really just killing. It's, it's blatantly racism and police brutality. So for, for this idiot in office to just, but she was really calling me, calling me just to see how I'm doing mm-hmm. mentally and stuff. And I was honest. I was like, "This is a toll." So no, I'm not. I can't learn no lines right now. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. don't care about that right now. Wow. Wow. I don't. Wow. This is not business as usual mm-hmm. right now. Like I'm. I don't even understand how they could continue to be auditioning right mm-hmm. now. They mm-hmm. need to be out on the streets and and trying to put things in place. And I literally told my. Um, my representation unless something come across my desk about the brutality that we're dealing with right now and we're trying to show the world what's happening i don't want it at this moment i don't because that's the only thing i'm on right now is to expose this racism this just evil that's happening and no one seems to care and i i do it it is real, it is great seeing the change that's happening, but unfortunately, I can't stand that we have to have hashtags of black bodies for things to change.
0: Like- so, I, I want to read this. This is a quote from you from an article I read about. It was the Screen Actors Guild, um, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and you said, "Some may think I'm crazy for speaking publicly about this, or that I will be ostracized, maybe even fired." Well, if that happens due to me standing up for myself and others, due to me, due to me calling out wrong, so be it. I am tired. I am tired of being quiet and I'm done with accepting business as usual. I love my craft, but staying quiet is dishonoring myself, my parents, my ancestors, and my God. And so I read this and and I'm like, wow, that is honorable. And now talking to you, like and getting like the background of who you are and seeing this. And I'm like, oh th- man. Because <laughs> I'm like, that is. I mean that was huge. I, I said, you know, most people probably. I mean, you got people that probably didn't even read it, you know. Mm-hmm. Then you have those that probably read it and just was like, oh, okay, whatever. But for you to to see that, I wanted, I wanted to, as soon as I read it, I'm like, okay, I want to know, like, where you were at that moment, like, what happened when you read that line, and the, and and it was a contract, right? There were contracts yeah, yeah. or or mm-hmm. read that line. What? Where were you? What? What happened? What was going through your mind?
1: So. I dipped into Detroit for a minute because I, I I love, I love all my siblings, but I just needed some twin time. So, um, I put on my riot gear (laughs) to just (laughs) go to go through that airport. And so I was at my sister's house and this was literally like at 2am in the morning. I was just going through emails and I saw that I did not open the SAG, um, the new SAG guidelines. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, I'm up. So I clicked on it and I just was reading it. And most people do not read, a, if you see 56 pages, you are gonna read the first three. When it comes to contracts, anybody that know me, I am serious about contract. Before I do anything, let's put a, Tear off a paper towel. Let's write exactly what we're supposed to do. And especially during Corona, I was like, "How are we gonna get back to work?" Mm-hmm. So this guidelines thing was telling us how we were gonna go back. And when I read that part in there, I couldn't, I, I, I couldn't believe it. Like for them to say, "Don't travel in urban areas." i could not i kept reading it back like over and over and i was like okay no this this got to be wrong so i took i immediately emailed them i took a screenshot of it and i emailed them at 2am i emailed them i said this does not it was a it was a professional one. i said this doesn't sit right with me if someone can get back in touch with me as soon as possible that would be great so in the morning I sent the message to like three people because I know I can't I'm not always right. Like you don't just because you feel passionate about something does not mean you're right about it. So most times I try to get some feedback, just someone, someone, someone I can trust to say, yeah, you you kinda own one right now, but it's fine. But I see what you're saying, but I also see that it's not that serious. Um, all three of them. I think I sent it to four, but I know all of them was like what. What the hell? What 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 is this? What are you doing? What where is this at? And I was like, okay, I know I wasn't going crazy. So I waited, I waited like five days they didn't get back to me. And now I felt disrespected
2: mm-hmm. because
1: y'all sent emails about our pay when we need to pay our dues, but I know you have seen this email. And um though it was even during a pandemic, I gave them some some uh, courtesy, like, okay, maybe they weren't in the office, but then I saw them posting. I saw them posting on Instagram, Facebook, Instagram, <laughs> Twitter. I was like, oh, you're in the office. Mm-hmm. Someone sees this email. And so I post, excuse me, I post on Instagram. I'm trying not to make this public, but I will. They still did not respond. So that's when I made the um, a Instagram post. And the feedback I got, because literally that's what I meant by it, because I, I did get some wise counsel from some great friends that was like, okay, my, uh, one of my best friend, Nadia, she's always, she has my back either way, but she also makes sure she, she says truth logically to me. Do you understand what may happen (laughs) if you do this? And I will, and at that moment, I'm like, I will accept the consequences, but I can't shut up about it because this isn't right you're ba- you're you're secluding this is a racist and this is why system- systematic racism exists mm-hmm. because you say words you say verbiage like this and make people think that we're the bad people stay away from them as if corona stops at Beverly Hills oh this is where the white people live so mm-hmm. we're going to stop make a circle a u-turn and go straight back to the blacks and the latinos and and like no that's not cool so that was the that was when I post some news outlet saw it and they post and when that happened some awesome casting directors in this industry contact me. Um, well, she has been vocal about it. Twinkie Bird, um, she contacted me and was she call, like called me. Um, but I give credit as well to Nia Miranda, who's also from Detroit, um, but she moved to L. A. She she posts on her. Um, platform and she's connected to Twinkie. So they was like, no, but then Tasha Smith from um, uh, like the Tyler Perry movie and mm-hmm. Empire, she she told Twinkie like, oh no, tell Shantae thank you because I did not read this whole contract. And so it was a lot of renowned actors and people in the industry that that post was seen by. And then they start reading it and say, "I can't believe this." So eventually, it got back to the president of saying, and she said she didn't know. They didn't know that that meant that. They didn't. They didn't. They. <laughs> they did. Not, they only meant. Uh, it was some word they used, and that they would change it. Mm-hmm. And when I got the message from um, Yvette Brown, amazing Yvette Brown, Mm -hmm. um, she was a part of community, Mm -hmm. like she, cause she's a part of, on the board of saying, she called me and we had a conversation and she was like, they really didn't, she didn't know, she didn't even see. She didn't see that they, that that was in it as well. So when she saw it, she was like, oh no, 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 you won't, not during this time either. Like you need to take, so when she contacted me and told me that it was gonna be changed, I cried. I cried out of of joy because at that moment, even when I, right before I posted it, I sent the message to my agent and my manager and I told them what I was gonna do. And I told them that um, I understand if I don't have you guys support, but this is what I need to do. When I say my agents was like, Go, go the F off. I'm tired of this too. Like they had my back. That, that was even more incredible. Shout out
0: to your agents. They keep coming up and yeah, they, yeah. Wow.
1: Oh, like they really had my, and I, I didn't know. I honestly, I didn't know. I didn't know if they was going to be like, well, this is going to bring backlash on us. So we need to separate for a second. I didn't know, but I was willing wow. to just accept it and i was like i cannot this is not right like this is not like you basically, urban like you you, you can't and this is this is what i can't stand they use uh, the media use urban when as good when they wanted to benefit them mm-hmm. oh our urban wear oh listen look at uh, urban hip hop mm-hmm. when it's making you money urban is cool but when you want oh, in reality y'all look at us as dirty because that's what you're basically saying. Um, we recommend you not use transportation in urban areas. Mm-hmm. Oh, cause we're dirty, we're unclean. Mm-hmm. So transportation goes through suburbia. So does, again, does the pandemic ends where convertibles are? And I just couldn't take that. And I'm, I'm grateful and thankful that it ended the way it did um, because when it changed I just was like thank you Lord thank you because it's that could have went to almost I mean I'm talking about SAG, it's SAG members all across the world not in just in the United States it's SAG members everywhere so it's like that verbiage could have went to at least a million folks so for them to change it and take it out I was like wow thank that's you huge.
2: yeah,
1: yeah like just thank you God for not um, for helping me not shut up even in my nervousness and being scared because just because I do it don't mean I'm not scared
0: he's always with you though he's Amen. always with you you know Amen. yeah yeah no that's yeah that's incredible that's incredible no but he is he's always within you, you have against faith you just step out and this is what you know and i've been um also looking at uh, uh like reading about, about like purpose and, and all that and, and and um the other day i was listening to some i was listening to some podcasts and they were talking about assignments mm. and a guy gives you assignments and and um and, and purpose and i mean i can see it, I say assignments because sometimes he, they, they were basically, I'll give you a kind of an overview. They were basically saying when you're in certain assignments and God has an anointing on that assignment, like you're going to be good, right? Mm-hmm. Cause you're with God mm-hmm. and, but then God can change your assignment. And you have to be in tune with the spirit and with God and know that, okay, the assignment is changing. Okay. God, where do I go? Where's the new assignment? Because if you stay in the current assignment, the power is gone. Wow. So you can't be afraid to move assignments, even if your current assignment, you're at the top of the world. Mm -hmm. Like You got to move with God. And so, yeah, I say that because listening to you, you're not afraid. You may be afraid. You know, like you said, you were afraid to do it, but you're going to be obedient and you're not you're not going to hesitate to move the assignment. Like you said, oh, this isn't business as usual. Like I can't don't bring a script to me because I need to do this. This is the, you know, and so I'm just admire that. That's not easy to do. You know, that's not easy to do. And for people listening to this, I mean, this is not easy to do. Um, Well, you know, it is easy. It it is easy. You know, when you think about it. It's like, just be obedient. I'm gonna be okay. God is with you.
1: In that sense, yes. It's totally, but it's this flesh, kid.
0: Yes, (laughs) the flesh.
1: This flesh that make you feel. And it'd be like, oh, goodness, I'm um this uh this is hurting like this hurt or this it it makes you, like you get nervous but when i i know this is like an old analogy but i love it and if it ain't broke why fix it but for years people always use especially at church i think no matter what church i went to i've heard at least one pastor use this story but it's like going to the gym and if you see, even you <laughs> So true. Like I sometimes think it in my head and just crack a smile because it's like, oh, here we go with that again. Mm-hmm. But if you only like push weights with one arm, like that arm gonna get strong. That is gonna look all muscly and stuff. But if you not doing nothing with the other one, it's not gonna look like this one. Mm-hmm. So if you continue, to uh, work your faith and continue to uh, make sure your faith is the forefront. That's the thing. Sometimes, and I had a trouble with this, I would say during college, really, um, when I was getting more so into um, my acting career, I had to, I started scheduling uh, God around my acting Mm -hmm. like oh Mm -hmm. i can't i can't go to bible study today because i got this Mm -hmm. or it became my acting was first and then god was second and that's where i wasn't as strong as making certain decisions i would get into projects that i know like dang i know i didn't pray about this project Mm -hmm. i just said yes Mm -hmm. so now i'm in this project And ain't nobody at rehearsal on time, not even the director. So now my time is being wasted. Now I feel like I can't get out of this because I said, yes, it will always be something that didn't quite go right when I just immediately said yes without Mm -hmm. taking the time to analyze the situation or to pray. Mm -hmm. So it makes it easier when God is already the, the,
0: the for the leader of it. Mm-hmm. Like it's, if he's the lead, then just follow, just say, Lord, just where do follow. I go? Where do I go? The faith is and it thick with, with the gym analogy, like with, with faith it. And I, and, and sometimes, you know, people may be listening to say, well, if God's, you know, is leading and you just follow him, it should be easy. No. Like when you go to the gym, you mm-hmm. know, it sucks. Like it's, when you're trying to build sucks. Muscle, sucks. You're trying to lose weight it sucks
1: oh, it hurt it, su- it, oh, it, you know
0: it hurt like you hurt the next morning it yeah. hurts. but you're building it makes you know what they say when you when you, when you when you lifting weights you're tearing the muscle down so yeah, as you yeah. following god things happen it's breaking you down but yeah. it's, he's building he's breaking you down in the flesh and a lot of times it does not feel mm-hmm. good you don't know like when you're gonna lose all the weight like, or you don't know yeah. the, how long the muscle is going to
1: Where the, where the, right. like, um, uh, Jason, Jason Jamerson, um, he from Detroit and he does uh workout stuff. Mm-hmm. I just read, he was randomly live the other day and he started talking about, uh, I, it caught my attention cause he was like, y'all asking me a question about belly fat. Mm-hmm. And so he was, he started off was like, okay, so how do you lose be- belly fat? It's not easy. Like, he was like, don't y'all do these skinny teas and these He was like, that's, going, that's not how, it's not going to be easy. He was like, y'all want the, uh wear a waist trainer for a month and want it totally gone. But one thing that stuck out to me is that I didn't think about was he said, when you lose weight, you don't know where exactly you're going to lose it from. It's mm-hmm. like, you can't, it's no such thing as directing you can like work your legs and work your arms, but he's like you have to work your whole body. He's like, that's why you know if someone is trying to lose uh well, they they belly fat, all of a sudden you see their face start going down. <laughs> yep. So you can't yep. say to your face, no, I wanted, I wanted my face to stay. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I know women that get upset because certain weight leaves certain areas they didn't want it to leave they're like i didn't want it to do that (laughs) so (laughs) you don't know like what exact like how or whatever so even with this it's like people think that if it hurts it's not god Mm -hmm. like if it's like and i know god says um uh the blessings of the lord are um without sorrow and everything but when you are following him that does like you said it does not mean that nothing everything would just be so good rainbows and sunshine because we still it's still life like it's still one of the greatest moments of my life was also one of the horrible like worst experience worst time of my life ever when i started season two of Detroiters. I would say a week before I was on uh, supposed to be on set, my mom died. Mm-hmm. Here, dream come true. Here, the worst thing that I would never wish on anybody, the worst pain I would never wish on anyone. And I had to, Only and I still say I say it I said it in every interview that came to interview me with Detroiters or anything of that nature. I will always just say when they say, "Well, how do you feel being doing this and doing?" I'm like Jesus, because that's the only reason why I'm here. The fact that I, at the same moment of having meetings to discuss my mom's funeral, I'm leaving that meeting to go and make people laugh on set. So I had to. Ask God, like, I went to my trailer early, the day out, and this, my mom wasn't even buried, and I had to start shooting. And so I went in the trailer early, and I sat there, and I was like, I need you to help me. Mm -hmm. I need you to help me. That's, I I don't know how to do this. I can't do this without you. Mm -hmm. And I kept, I started playing gospel music and start praying start speaking in tongues yes we still people still do that mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. but i really started just asking god just asking god to help me and i will say i was able to push through and it, if i know i know if i did not have a relationship with jesus christ i would not have been able to do that show period I wouldn't have been able to. I know I could have probably asked them to, can y'all schedule my schedule, a different schedule, and they would have probably done it because that was an amazing crew. I love the crew on Detroiters, but um, I knew I had to push and keep moving because if I I stayed in the room, if I stayed secluded, it wasn't going to be good. So I was like, I need to get out. I need to... um, go push through this because my mom was ex- super excited about me. My dad oh, I already yeah. had. Huh?
0: Said, I'm sure she was, yeah.
1: She was, oh man, I'll never forget when I went to the audition for, well, when I got, um, when I got cast because I went to the audition because I was, oh, that's a whole story of itself. I know <laughs> I was going
0: to ask that now. I was going to ask Oh, about
1: that. Yeah. Lord! Kid! Dude, I had to fight for that. Like, I had to like literally call I am trying to say folks' names but they know they are I had I would say this because every Michigan actor know who I'm talking about when I say this I had to call the one the agency that everybody's a part of I had to call the head of that agency five times a day for at least eight nine days on an stand- audition
0: for Detroiters.
1: That's it's- the thing this is before I even knew about Detroiters. My thing was you never call me you never bring me in. You only use the same people. If you're not gonna bring me in, I've been with you for five I was with this agency for five years and never once stepped in was called into an audition. So I said I could, when I um when I kept calling, I was I was the um uh assistant at the front. Um in the beginning it was okay, because I would call and say, hey, just checking to see, just checking in. Because they say you can do these checking, just checking in and see if there's any auditions. Gave her my name, everything. After a while, it became a nuisance to her. Mm-hmm. So she's like, Shantae, what do you want? I said I wanted to speak to, o- mm. ah. I said I wanted to speak to, <laughs> <laughs> this is the truth. It's the truth. I said I wanted to speak to Olga. I was like, I want to speak to Olga. And she was like, um, she's not in right now. Like I told you, she's not, she's not in. And so I would call it at a different time. And she wouldn't be in. I would call it at a different time. She wouldn't be in. So I did this. Literally three times a day, three or five times a day for, like, uh, So, because one, I know a couple of days I did it five times a day, but the last time I did it five times a day, because I would wake up in the morning. I would wake up in the morning, and this time I was living in L.A. This was the crazy part, um, um, but five times I, I would wake up, is because um, y'all are three hours mm-hmm. ahead, mm-hmm. so I would wake up at, like, seven, our time and it would be 10 a.m. that time of when they open. So I will call at like 10, 15. I will wait another hour and call. I know their lunch is at noon, so I will call again at two and I will keep calling. And I did that for about eight days. And the last time I did it, the agent was, I mean, the uh, front, the assistant was irritated and finally she gave the phone to Olga. And it was like, Shantae, I know who you are. I know who you are. I said I was like, but is how do you know who I am? I've never even went. You never even called me in. She was like, I know you are. I sent your stuff. If you want me to, if you want me to show the stuff that I've sent, I've sent your information on. Then I was, I was sending it to you. I said, then you need to drop me. And she said, why are you saying that? I said, because if, if I've been with your agency for five years and I'm not even good enough to get an audition you need to let me go and i need to quit but i was like i don't believe that i don't believe i suck that much to where i can't even get into an audition that i don't believe it i don't believe it wow. right after that i got an audition for empire and detroiters i'm talking about two days later two days later i was called and this is how the thing worked just as a uh, a little note to y'all. When y'all do this, be prepared for it because then I had to fly to
2: Detroit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> fly to Detroit. Because the first thing, I actually went to Detroit to audition for Empire because the the audition was Empire. But when I, uh, before I left, she then, but the two days later, she sent me Empire size and she sent me Detroiter size. But when she sent me detroiter um she sent me Leah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was her name in the show. She sent me Leah, the girl that plays the assistant. Mm-hmm. She sent me, it was her role. And I didn't hear nothing back from that one, but I was got. A, I did get a call back for Empire. So I went to the Empire audition, drove from Chicago, and happened to stay in Detroit another couple of days. And then I was told they wanted me to come in for a call back for Detroiters, and I was like, "What? What is this show again?" And um, and when they said comedy, that stood out to me because mm-hmm. um, that earlier that year, a couple of months before that, the awesome, amazing legend Denzel Washington told me to seek comedy.
0: Wow! And- I remember that post. I remember that post.
1: Ooh when I say the most embarrassing thing is me telling him, Oh no, I'm a dramatic actress. And he was like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> like his, he was laughing all that time. But as soon as I said that, he got so serious. He was like, he, like, was like, he I'm, it, it pierced me. Like it was like one of those times where your dad just look at you and you know, you had done something stupid and you don't want to respond. He was like, what is that? And I stayed quiet for a minute. And I was like, I, I don't do comedy. I do drama. I just do drama. He said, "If you're an actor, you're an actor." Hmm. What? What is this? He said, "Why are you putting yourself in a box?" Like he, it was really like I just said the most dumbest wow. thing ever. And he was like, "You've been you've been sitting here making me laugh." He's like, "I don't laugh just to laugh. I would let people say their jokes and I would stay quiet." You made me laugh. Seek comedy. And that's when I went to a, a doing this, went into an acting class that I got for free by randomly picking my name out of a hat. When I say Jesus, <laughs>
0: Jesus is with you. God that is I'm with you.
1: Telling you. That's why, you know, I've been thinking about writing this book. But um, I'm, the things that happen that you, when you know is God, because first, Denzel say, see comedy. I'm like, okay, I need to take some type of action, though. Like I can't just say, okay, God. Right, okay.
0: right.
1: I, I had to act on that. So right. the action was, okay, I'm gonna go to this free workshop. I go to the free workshop, they have these um uh um act, these agents there who do acting classes. Within the workshop, they do this giveaway, but you put your name in a hat, and put write your name and then put it in a hat. The man comes to me and says, Can you pick the name out? I said, No. I was like no, and I'm the only black person in this thing, so it's like no. And he was like, what? Like who says no? I said I want to win, and no one picks their own name out of a hat. I don't want to pick it, so everybody started laughing. He was like, no. Can you can you can you pick it out? He brings me to the front, and I'm I was upset. Because I was like, I just told this dude no like three times, but I don't want the-
0: right, to right, right.
1: be the crazy black girl. <laughs> so I go to the front, and in front of everybody, I put my hand in the hat, take it out, and it's my name. And I scream hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, through that whole place. But some people was like, she it's rigged, rigged. that, She rigged it yeah,
2: to yeah. the
1: point that they did a second one. But I was like, I don't care what you do. All I know is I got this class. So... In the class, they asked you what you want to focus on. I said comedy. Because I don't know. I, I, I need to focus on comedy. Because my mind, Denzel said focus on comedy. Right, right. And um, that was in February. Well, February was Denzel. The class was in April. In May, I got the audition for Detroiters. So I was prepared as... And, and what comedy is because of that class. And now I'm telling you, that's how God works because if I would have ignored what he said mm-hmm. and then feel like that's like, no, nah, I'm not good at that. And then I got the com- comedy central because it's some stuff that go into comedy. Mm-hmm. Like it was mm-hmm. in the audition, you you do it once, like you go through it once, but then the second time, it you do the lines, but they throwing stuff at you. It's like they, it's still kind of the lines, but they found stuff that you knew to where you gotta say the lines in a different way and mm-hmm. start adding stuff. Mm-hmm. But I had already focused on that in that class.
0: That's good, wow.
1: So, uh, it's just, I'm telling you, Jesus. Cause ain't no way I can have done, I could have put that together, but.
0: And so you got the, so you got the part.
1: I got the part and I screamed to the top of my lungs. And this is where my mom comes in. And I was like, Mom, I got the part for, for the for the comedy show. She was like, they thought you was funny. <laughs> <laughs> she just started jumping up and down too. But my mom, she was the, ooh, I, look, she she could get you. Like, she, she had the sweet, she was the sweetest woman. But I'm telling you, she was cap on you yeah, in the yeah. sweetest way.
0: Yeah. Like, I was about to yeah, the sweetest way. Like, wait, did she just, you just sweetest- clown me, mom? Yes. Just found me? Yeah. I,
1: had, I had an audition for a drug addict one time and she was like, I came down and she was like, where are you I was like, where are you headed? I was like, I'm auditioning for a drug addict, bro. She was like, well, you look perfect for it. <laughs> Have a good day.
0: That's where you I get the comedy like, from. That's where that. you get the comedy from. It was in you already.
1: Man, I didn't you know? even know it. <laughs> i didn't even know it
0: you got the activism from your dad and you got the comedy from your mom
1: i was i would take that because she was a writer too like she loved writing poems and stuff and i started off from writing i started off with poems, and um she would sit at her table and write poems all day and wow. make cards like uh you know Harmark she would draw because she was oh, she was a great artist but she would draw what she wanted on the front card and near right what she wanted on the inside and stuff i am determined to put her work out like that's my goal to do that and i'm going to do it mm-hmm. in jesus name
0: in jesus name <laughs> amen amen
1: yes.
0: so you so you were in detroiters so two seasons of detroiters yes. and like i like i said before the podcast i uh i was always hearing about this great show that shot in Detroit and like a lot of people that I knew was like had roles in it, you know, Mm -hmm. and I just never, (laughs) I never saw it because I'm like, well, I, you know, if I, if I get comedy central, I'm gonna have to get a whole package.
1: See, Man. And that's why, as I said off a thing too, but I will say it. that's why it unfortunately, well, one of the reasons why unfortunately, if not the main reason that it got canceled because most people, we're in a streaming world right now. Mm -hmm. That's where, I mean, even I do streaming. Like, if it's not on a streaming account, I'm like, oh, I don't, I can't, I don't, I don't know how to watch it. If I gotta go through three hoops to to watch it, it's just I I ain't got time, in my mind, I ain't got time for it. Mm -hmm. So with Detroiters, it was only available on Comedy Central. So if people didn't have it, they was like, hey, I gotta, I gotta sign up for this or get this. So most people didn't either didn't know about it or they wasn't wa- like watching it like that. They will watch the rerun- reruns on I think they came on something. But since it been canceled, it has went to um
0: I got it is- on Amazon. I started watching it on,
1: okay, yeah. on
0: Amazon Prime. Well, you have to, to have to uh subscribe to um Comedy Central through Amazon. But it's but you know it's easier now. It was, so mm-hmm. I, I started watching it and I love it. I mean, it's my type hey. of comedy. It's my type of comedy. I hey. love
1: it. I know it's not. Every, I know it's not for everybody. But I I loved working on that show and I mm-hmm. love the writing. I love working, especially season two. I know some people got favors in season one, but season two, I I so loved. And I'm not just saying that because I got more screen time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, but. I mean, it's absolutely. It's a great show. Like. I was dying laughing in the first episode. I'm like, oh, this is dope. Like, so I'm on five episode five, season one right now, and I think right now that's my favorite <laughs> episode. What, just, happy you know, birthday, what Mr. Duvall. Ah!
1: My, my dad's Mr. birthday. DuVay, Mr. DuVay. Oh, my gosh. Listen. That room, because we shot that for like four days, mm-hmm. that room smelled like the, the, the bottom pit of people's feet <laughs> with because all that food was was staying there overnight and oh, it thing so bad. We had to start making jokes about it. We was like, oh my goodness. I was like, dude, it smelled like when my dad took his shoes off. This is not okay. But it was so much fun because you get to do all this crazy crazy stuff and see stunts. Mm-hmm. Like when they was training out the clown, <laughs> like <to> stay- <laughs> He was really like falling. I was like, that don't hurt. Like that don't he was like, mm, yeah,
0: but <laughs> so I'm sure. gonna do it. I'ma commit. Gotta commit. <laughs> Gotta
1: commit. The dude, the um guy that played, well, played my cousin's husband that punched my husband for mm-hmm. messing with mm-hmm. his hand was broke. Like his oh, hand man. was broke at the time. So he actually had like a cast started at his wrist because he couldn't put it on his hand. So he took the whole thing off. He took the whole oh. thing off, but he didn't connect, but mm-hmm. it looked like he connected. And I was like, dude, you he was like, listen, I wasn't finna lose this role to nobody. <laughs> <laughs> hey, ain't nobody taking this role. Oh, I can man. I can manage my broke hand for, for five minutes. But it that was so much fun. That was yeah. written by Amber Ruffin. Um, oh, so his, she
0: she was the cop.
1: Yes, she she's, was
0: a cop. Yeah, no, and she was...
1: also on late night with Seth Meyers.
0: Seth Meyers, okay, wow, she's yeah. a running mom. Well, that was, I mean, th- I'm about to drink water right quick. Hold yeah,
1: on. no problem. I gotta take a sip myself. Yeah.
0: That was, like, so far, like, I mean, all the episodes, I'm loving all the episodes. That one was like my favorite so far, um, and mm-hmm. I think my other favorite. My- <laughs> I think fair moment. I think it was it was the first. It was a pilot action. They hit the guy with the car. Oh God! They hit him in the bushes and put the chips over his head.
1: Better mate
0: <laughs> Yeah, I was like, yeah, just a lot of great moments in the show. It's a lot of great moments. So yeah, I'm definitely gonna like binge the season one, season two. Like,
2: Thank you, um, this
0: is great. It's great. And then I saw that you were on the second. I saw he has a show on um, Tim. That's his name, right? Tim
2: yes, has Tim. a show
0: on Netflix. And I saw, I started watching that one, too. I was like, oh, the, let me see. The Saints, I love the comedy. I just love that irreverent, weird kind of like awkward type, type is, comedy. Uh,
1: he is hilarious. And what's even funnier is he's funny in person, but he's more reserved. So that's what like kind of throw people off because they're waiting for him to do some crazy, wacky crap. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, Hey, how you doing? (laughs) Like, uh, you're not just gonna bust out screaming, but he's so creative and funny. And when, um, uh, I got the role for, I think you should leave. I was like, I get to work with him again. Mm -hmm. And what's amazing. This is why having good relationships with people as well is important. Mm-hmm. Because I think sometimes people think that after you get the role, now now is the time I could act the butt, mm-hmm. and that is the the absolute wrong time you can act the butt. Because no one, I just took a, a class with um, Taraji P Henson, a, um, an acting class, and one thing she said is, acting actors are they're basically replaceable. Do not think that you can't. They will they will find a way to write you out. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I know for a fact if I was acting a whole dummy on Detroiters because now man I got the part they mm-hmm. can't I mean we in season two I'm, I, we already in they can't mm-hmm. kick me out or they gonna have to reshoot this whole thing I wouldn't have got caught I would not have got that Netflix and so what happened with that is my manager saw the post for the role so she contacted them and just was like, hey, my client is Shantae and I would love for her to come in for the audition. His people was like, are you nuts? She don't have to audition. Just we will call her and let her hilarious. know which role she got.
0: Right. No, that's, oh man, hey, amen. No, it, that was funny uh, It's like, hey, no, nobody wants your stupid stuff in your mom movie. That, <laughs> damn, that was, that
1: was Oh man, hilarious. I, oh gosh. He, we were, we were laughing it was, so hard. That's so random. That, that sketch
0: was so random. I'm like, that's so good. It's so random. I'm like, where is this going? Like, that yeah, that that's was, wig.
1: He yeah. walked in with that wig and I I could I laugh for at least a minute. And I said, okay, now I'm ready. Let's let's do it. And he does this thing where when I'm talking and the camera's on me, he gives me like he would do these expressions or looks. That he know cracks me up, but you can't break. Right. And I learned so much by working with him and Sam. Like they are some improv geniuses. We we followed the script, but I'm telling you, like I would say, at least fifty five percent of Detroiters have improv.
0: Improv, I'm sure, man. I'm I'm definitely a fan. Like I I want to ask you a question about Forbidden, because uh-huh. like was that that's your first feature that you directed?
1: the first feature I directed
0: yeah so that's ambitious like I would say it's <laughs> ambitious I was like it's a big like it's a it, it feels big oh, you know nice. what I'm saying it feels big and so it's, it's just a lot of and when I say that I was, and, and the reason why I say that ambitious because like I even say with, with my film sincerely Brenda I knew my mm-hmm. weaknesses right I like I knew I'm yeah. like okay I don't have a set deck I don't I'm just not my strength I don't know how to look at a space and say okay let's put this here and that there so Mm -hmm. I'm like I have to get locations that are pretty much already set up because Mm
2: -hmm. I don't have
0: anybody to do um art art director I don't have no set I I'm and I suck at that like that is not my strength my -hmm. strength is in story acting and I was like let me get a good cinematographer you know (laughs) and and let's let's let these actors do their thing. Yeah, you know? I'm, yeah. a, I'm a
2: close-ups,
0: you- and, and but I see. I mean, it was set that because you had to make it look like they were in. Um, was it Nigeria?
1: Africa. At, well, it was South Africa. South I Africa. didn't be. I wasn't so specific. Okay. Just so it can be a wide range of. I'm gonna get nothing. Potential place. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So I mean, just the detail in the set. And the scope of of the film like you mm-hmm. it, it was very ambitious and I'm like, wow, and that was your Thank first you. feature
1: it and was so,
0: where did that story come from I said it was based on a true story but tell me where that story inspiration came from
1: okay so um when I was asked to write the the, the film script of it because at first I just came on as a screenwriter so I was asked to write the because it was a It was a book, but they wanted to change it into a movie. Mm -hmm. And um, I did the script and I let it go. They paid me for it and I went on with my life. Um, But then it came to where they was like, no, we want you to direct it. And this is where you have to step, like believe in your talent or allow your fear or uh, nervousness to make decisions for you. So I was like they got a budget. Um, I know some folks that I was already doing um, stage films. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know if you ever like because I haven't done one recently at all. but I did this thing called stage films which means it's like a, it's a play but it has film clips um, Film clips incorporated to where the best way I can explain it is someone is acting on stage. And then when they walk off stage on screen, you see them in the exact same outfit, the exact same everything and see them in someplace else. Mm-hmm. So it's really one. It's not like a clip here, clip here. The, 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 the film clips actually are incorporated in the play to where you have to follow both because it's mm-hmm. one whole moving thing. So I knew um, cinematographers, directors and stuff and I knew um, uh, wardrobe and everything like that. So, when I saw the budget, the it felt so good to be able to be like, I know these people who I can pay mm-hmm. to do this now. Now, I can be now I can pay my Detroit folks mm-hmm. because we do a lot for free, right? So, it, right. Is, it feels good to now be in a position where I can give some folks some jobs with some good money. Mm-hmm. So, one, when you s- mentioned the scent, I have to say. Her name, Krishan Peace, Krishan Peace, Krishan Peace. She is amazing. She was my wardrobe stylist for mostly all of my stage films. And when I decided to do that and knew I wanted to do it in Africa. Okay. So let me go back to, they asked me to do the screen, uh, the, 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 write it. I gave it to them. They asked me to direct it. But when I wrote it, I knew I, as a film it's different from a book. Mm-hmm. with a film you you need action like that's what and on you need some action on on the the page people need to see something to keep their attention so i started adding just things that i saw i was like okay so if this happened and this happened okay let's do this let's think wide range of this and i love my culture so I was like, let's bring some black some, and, and it was it was a strategic move to put Africa. I won't even mm-hmm. ask, I won't even lie. Even though at that time I knew it was just screenwriting. I was just being a screenwriter. and I wasn't a director. I knew for them to have to produce this, they would have to hire black actors.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yep.
1: period. period and if one half, Cause you can you you it can be a whole lot of white folks in the Catholic church and nobody a blink of eye. Mm-hmm. If people don't think look immediately see a black person in the Catholic church. But if you in Africa and you don't show no white if you, you only show white folks and don't show black, that's going to be canceled. Mm-hmm. So in anything, while writing it, I was like, if I don't have nothing to do with this, I know you're gonna have to hire somebody with some chocolate skin. Mm-hmm. And that's gonna <laughs> be <laughs> that's gonna be my little gift to society here you go um so when they said they wanted me to direct it I was like let's do this and I researched my tell-off before we even had a meeting a crew meeting Mm -hmm. I researched I researched I was I contacted uh, again um Krishan because she was the set designer she was the wardrobe Mm -hmm. so I was like she had to research. She had to know what certain images meant and what certain designs on people's faces meant. Mm-hmm. What what do, if someone, if a woman is in high esteem um, in Africa, what do she wear? Because it's way different from the girl that is just becoming of age. So even the how they wrap their hair is different. So I connected with her first And was like, girl, cause she had both sides. She had to also um, know she had to get the Catholic church down. Mm -hmm. She had to know Mm -hmm. if they, if this person wear a cross or how do this person wear their um, garment. It was a lot. So I'm glad I, it was amazing that I was able to pay her what she would, I think she deserved more, but um, to be able to say, okay, no, this is the budget for the wardrobe, but this is your pay. Mm-hmm. She was shocked, because she used to, okay, this is the budget, and in right. the budget is her pay. I was like, no, and that's what the first thing I prioritized, even before I start thinking about my pay. I was like, how much money would we need to make this look authentic? And the the fun part about this film is the location was only the location because we got rained out at our location outside. Like we showed up the day of our filming, Ken, and it was under mud and water. Everything was wet. Everything was, because we were shooting outside and they had these, um, like, it was some like borders things built that we was going to it was going to look like Africa, Mm -hmm. but everything was underwater. Like we couldn't even walk to the thing because our foot was in, like we had boots on, but it was muddy. So the one of the um, uh, camera, uh, Dylan Sides, I don't know if you know him, he Mm -hmm. was like I have a haunted house not like 15 minutes from here. Wow. So, <laughs> he said I have a hunted house like 15 minutes from here. And he was he was like, if you want to come see me, was like it's some it's some rooms in it that you may be able to uh look this up. First of all, you said hundred house and I mean it was like the blood of Jesus, no. <laughs> <Right>. uh, <laughs> but I'm like, oh my goodness, I gotta make a decision. Cause everybody, now this is the thing, this how, cause this was all the way in, what city was this? I forgot, I know it was about 45 minutes away. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So what we did was we um, had a a option of, we had a school bus. And so the actors met at the church, they packed into the bus, and then we drove to this place. Mm -hmm. So now we drove to this place and it's underwater. And, but Dylan said, I got a haunted house, like no, no more than like 15 minutes away from here. It's like 10 minutes away. Me and Krishan, cause I need the person that actually got to dress this stuff up. Me and Krishan goes with him and go and look at this um place. And I about wanted, I cried tears of joy because um you saw Forbidden,
0: Mhm. Mhm
1: the the area where um, they're taking blood.
0: Oh, that area! And, so the the walls. That was, was it already.
1: All of first of all, all of that was a haunted house. Um, but yes, the walls already had blood and stuff on them, and it looked like well, we had to take off, take out because he had you know like these figures, like <laughs> <laughs> doing all this crazy job. So he had to take those off, but after we did it was looked like a hospital.
0: That's crazy. Cause when I, when, it, when, when the scene switched in the hospital, I'm like, dang, they didn't put dirt on the walls. I mean, they did all man, that this was is like some detail. A
1: haunted house.
0: Wow. That but that
2: the is
1: thing funny. is, um, the producers and stuff that was there as well, they have been to Africa. Mm-hmm. So when we walked in, they was like, this is how it looks. Like this wow. is this is how it looks, and I was like, okay, let's let's take a moment and just thank God. So we just literally took a moment, and started clapping because, uh, again, you can't make this stuff up. Like you can't just say, okay, I, this happens, this happens. Like it, it's all orchestrated, and that came, that was actually better than our original location wow. because within that honey house, we was able to shoot all of our Africa scenes was in that place because it was different rooms. Mm-hmm. So we was able to just shoot in different areas. I mean, of course we had to um, pull up some stuff and everything, like even during the shootout, like who randomly have that just sitting, like just there, like right. it was, it was crazy. Like it, it was like, that was positioned there exactly for us. The only issue, well, the main issue there though, it didn't have no heat. Oh,
0: oh. And oh, no heat. So oh, oh was okay. cold. It was cold. Oh,
1: it okay. was cold. Oh. It was cold. Oh, yeah, cuz we were shooting this during um when did we shoot it? It was freezing. We were shooting it during the winter. So cuz that's why it was um uh wet. Because the snow had oh, okay. melted, okay, okay, and it was crazy, but it was so cold in there. So we had to, to get heaters and stuff like that. So that's the that was the most like uncomfortable part about it is seeing your breath, but not having to making sure you don't show that much. Right. Um. Right. I that and that was one of the great one of the greatest experiences I had of, of filming with a crew film and being as I'm thankful that was my first experience as a director because mm-hmm. and the only way you can be successful and successfully pull something together is the crew that you have.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Like Rome, Randolph was our DP, like it was and again, it was some stuff that like I had to trust Krishan because there were some things that she would say, and that's I, I hope people don't even think don't think that you always agree with your crew mm-hmm. like but if they just like you have you know what's on the script and know how you want to direct it, they have a gift as well in their craft, so that if they um want want to fight for something in a respectful spec- in- in a respectable way um then we then they can the dinner scene with safina mm-hmm. and with oh, i love the shot of that that cake i, I with the strawberries on mm-hmm. I, that's one of my favorites I, that that cake was so good too um <laughs> oh i was that person like can we eat because i be like no i only have one <laughs> and they gotta sit there and do this whole shot um but I didn't like the room at first. I didn't see it. This is before anything was up. And when she was like, well, let's shoot it here. And I was like, I don't like it, KP. I was like, I don't know. She was like, can you trust me? She was like, if, if, if I'm about to put it how it's going to be, if you don't like it, we can definitely go to put, do the location right here. Because it was another area in the church where I wanted it to be. And she was like, I'm telling you, we can do this. I walked into that room when she was done and I turned to her and I said, I apologize. I can't stand nets. I apologize for doubting you. And I was just, she was like, I'm just happy you like it. But you, that, she has a gift. She has a gift in wardrobe. She has a gift in um, set design. She also has a gift in acting. She's a great actor. She was the one whipping her truck when, um, like that was her behind that mask. People think oh, it's a wow. dude, but no, she had the Hummer with the uh, top off. So I was like, we need you, cause she was like, ain't nobody else driving my car. <laughs> <laughs> cause we needed to, you know, somebody be whipping it. And she was like, I could do it. I was like, put on a mask, let's do it. But um, yeah, she's really great. But I will say, um, As great as a director you can be, is the crew that you have. Right. In the end, you need them.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. I know.
1: You. You. Oh yeah.
0: You. I can't under.
1: I. I can't understand how directors can treat their crew like crap. Um. I know it happens more and more of the high-profile films. They feel Mm -hmm. like, well, you're. We can just. I can replace you. Um. But. That person is there for a reason. They brought mm-hmm. something to the table, and I'm, I'm still down with respect, though. Like some people, you got to remind them what their job was and is. Because that's mm-hmm. one thing I do all the time. No matter if it was a short film, no matter if it was a play, no matter if it was a stage film, no matter if it was a, a feature, I at every crew meeting, I say. If you were hired as the director, please raise your hand.
2: Mm.
1: Now that we have that out the way, let's move on. Because sometimes people can cross different Mm paths, like cross lines into other people's jobs. Mm -hmm. And that's where I know most friction. I see, especially in independent film, Um, even in Detroit, like people. They don't let the person. They don't respect other people. They don't stay in their lane
2: right. and let other people right. do their stuff.
1: Right. So now it becomes a battle and a fight of you not doing this and you not doing that. The- if someone is not doing something, it can be. It should be taken to the director or the producer and then let them handle it. Mm-hmm. But if you and you doing lights and now want to tell somebody something about a wardrobe, you don't go to that wardrobe. Right. Right. You go to someone over you that that's supposed to talk to that person. Mm-hmm. So that's how you just keep unity. And I'm a, I'm totally about peace on my set. Yeah. I totally get it. There's always going to be something wrong. There's yeah. always going to be something that goes wrong. But I'm totally about if you are the person that likes to complain on set, you are the person that I can't have on my set. Mm-hmm. I don't care how great of an actor you are. I don't care how great, oh, you can, you can DP your tail off. But if you complain...
0: Mm-hmm. The whole
1: ten hours?
0: Yeah. hmm oh, oh, yeah. yeah, it destroys morale. It destroys yeah. energy. It's just ah, it's terrible. No, like, no, this is it's been great talk. You know, I I've met you this is like I think 2018. This was before you went to LA. I think you mm-hmm. you, you you were we were at um Marcelle and they yeah. were showing trailers.
2: Yeah.
0: And I remember First of all, I was there, and they asked me to show. I didn't have a trailer for Sincerely, Brenda. I was terrified. I'm like, all I have is to open a scene. They're like, oh, you could you can show that. I was terrified. like, Oh. So, and this is my first feature, so I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, my goodness. And so, um, but I remember.
1: Amazing film, by the
0: way. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I remember where there was this lady there. <laughs> now, I don't know. I don't know who she was. Um, uh-huh. And she was like talking, I mean she like Shantae Shantae. I'm like, who is
1: Oh, this? I know what you're talking about. That would be so embarrassing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she went I,
1: in. I like people be like, She hired her. Say, I didn't I didn't know what no, I, I it
0: didn't was see. oh, she went and she stood up and was giving a speech about you. And
1: love <laughs> oh, for her. I'm doing like,
0: who is Shantae? Who is this And then when you got on stage and you were just talking. I'm like, man, she's anointed. Like, not even really knowing you, like, and, and and you just had this anointing around you. And so now, sitting here and like getting to talk to you and understand who you are and our background and what you represent and everything. I'm like, oh, okay, that was that energy coming off of her. Mm-hmm. That was that light coming off of her. And that's why people was just like, you know, there's people that people gravitate towards. There's just mm-hmm. a light a energy that just pulls them in. And it's and it's, and, and yeah, so I, I just I mean, this has been great. I've it's been this a
2: awesome lesson for uh, me.
0: Just listening to you talking. I'm like, yeah, there's some things that, you know, I, I take away and I'm like, that's good. That's good for me to 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 take and learn from.
1: Man. And
0: um and I this thank, has just been thank great. you
1: so much for asking me. Like I, I know, not even kidding you. Like especially during this time, um, and it was a right time because in the beginning I was just telling everybody, no left and right. Mm-hmm. Like Anything that came out came my way, I was like, no, I don't want to do anything right now. Um, uh, it was a PBS thing in Detroit that had asked me to do something and I I, I still respect them, I love them, but I was like, if we're not going to be talking about the police brutality, I mean, it was about five, four or five days after um, George Floyd's murder, mm-hmm. they contacted me and I said, if, if it's not about this, then what's the point? Mm-hmm. Like, who wants, to, who wants to hear about acting right now? Mm-hmm. Like, what's, why? So I, I do appreciate it. And I love when it comes from people in my, my city.
0: Yeah, I, yeah. I
1: love it. So thank you. I appreciate this. No,
0: this is great. Like, this is a great.
1: Saying. And congratulations to you on actually taking something that you enjoy and putting it together and actually doing it. I know a lot of people talk about it. So the fact that you have a podcast, you present it in a, a professional, awesome way. The picture's not blurry when you promote it. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like I mean, sometimes you're like, what? What did this set? What is what time? How do? I, or don't have all the information on it. You won't. You would not guess how many times I saw people promote stuff on Instagram and did not have where to it.
0: Well, look, no. I gotta give credit to my wife too for for helping me. No wife. Things, yeah, you know, she. So who who I had on um, I had Paige on on the podcast, and she was like, "Well, you know, you you mention her in every podcast, so I know she." Shout out to your wife. So no, she she um, picks up a lot of the things that you know because mm-hmm. I can get busy with a lot of little things and and mm-hmm. some little details and. And she's like, uh uh-uh, uh, you gotta put this there. I'm gonna put I'm
2: gonna, I love go it.
0: Go ahead. And do That's that. what
2: That's we cool. do. Yeah,
0: so shout out to my wife on that. But no, I appreciate that. And this podcast just, um, this is my way of saying let's have a conversation, not just about the films, the work, you know, let's talk about how do you keep yourself going? How do you keep yourself, you know, um, motivated to go after it when it all seems like lost or it seems like it's mm-hmm. never gonna come or never gonna happen? Um, and so I think it's really important for people to hear these conversations. Mm-hmm. So, no, I, I thank you for sharing and being open. And and this is, I mean, this is wonderful. This has been, this has been great. This is, I think we set a record two hours. Two oh, hours. Lord. Yeah, this I was, felt like I was talking forever. I'm like, no, telling you, I could, I could
1: talk, talk forever. No, no
0: this is no. great. No, thank you. This was,
1: this was great. I, I'm looking forward to, see, I'm going to have a real good, Nice night meal and a nap.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it's seven thirty. You still got a whole lot of night left. Oh but,
1: yeah. yeah. Oh, I, oh it, it, the sunset here is the most amazing thing. I I, I was on the phone with Jazar earlier, and I actually stopped her from. She was talking. We was on Facetime, and oh, Jazar Richards for everybody listening. The the one and only Watch Boxy. Boxy Roxy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, she's awesome, but. She was talking, and I was like, Can you just one second stop talking and just shift your camera? Because then I could tell (laughs) there was the sunset happening. It was like this really nice, nice line going through, like across her face. And she positioned it, and I was able to watch it. I love sunsets because I was like, Look at look at what God, God can do. Today. Right.
0: Look at what he did. Yep.
1: This is his pain. I, don't, I strongly believe I don't think all sunsets are created the same. I think everyone, they at least got one keystroke that's different. Mm-hmm. Something. Oh, Jesus is amazing.
0: That's good. That's good.
1: So yes. thank you.
0: That's good on that note.
1: <laughs> on that note. Yes,
0: that's great. No, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And everybody listening, I hope you enjoyed this podcast and, uh, Oh, Shante, give us, uh, where can people find you? Where can they find your work? We know there's things on Amazon Prime. We know you're on the show right now and it's on Hulu, right?
1: Yes, it is on Hulu. Um, Unfortunately, right now, during the pandemic, we have to stop filming, but it looks like we may start back up again with Good Trouble, so pray for that, but we just wanna be safe. Um, uh, I am on Instagram, that's where I'm mostly on um, because when I started doing some protests for Black Lives Matter, all of a sudden Facebook shut down my pages. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I am on Instagram uh, at It's Shantae DeLon. It, that is I T S S H A W A W N T A Y D A L O N. And I'm also back on Facebook, um, but I'm not on there as much because um, you never know. <laughs> so, <laughs> Owner, this is crazy. I'm like, dude, it's the same owner of Instagram and Facebook. So I don't know, Um, but I'm on that. And um, again, like you said, you can watch the projects as well on Amazon Prime, Tubi. I try to be really fair and say if you don't, if you don't have an Amazon Prime account, you can watch it free on Tubi.
0: Yes, 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 yes. I'm going to so, put all the links in the show notes.
1: Listen, I would want somebody to tell me. Like, I don't want somebody to have to buy it for $3.99 right. and then it's free on Tubi. I'm going to still get my money. Right.
0: It's <laughs> That's right.
1: That's Just watch nice. it all the way through.
0: All I appreciate it. it. Right, right. right. Watch you. it and share it. Share it, thank share it. You. Yes, thank you so much. Um, thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week.
1: Yeah, bye.